You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shots fired already. It's not even game week. Super excited about it. Oh man, it's Clemson versus Ohio State Sugar Bowl 2021 playoffs. I, I <laughs> you can't get any better than that. It's the rematch of last year. A lot of salt being thrown around. First up, we're going to be talking about Ryan Day's comments. You just heard them. We're going to dive a little bit more into that. <laughs> it's not just about Clemson, folks. It's about everybody. Uh, he, he doesn't care who they matched up with. They were going to, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it, but you heard that. We'll also talk about Dabo Sweeney's comments. He's had a lot to say about Ohio State over the last few weeks, and he actually ranked them 11th in the coaches poll so we'll talk a little bit more about that too and then last up we'll talk about clemson men's basketball getting that big win over moorhead state that was something that they needed they needed to be refreshed get that confidence back i am stoked let's go ahead and talk about it we're gonna talk ohio state all day today my name is ellis tolbert i'm your host follow me on twitter that's at ellis tolbert e-l-l-i-s-t-o-l-b-e-r-t i'd love to have a conversation about sports with you you'll do us a huge favor subscribe to the locked on clemson podcast that way you have the new episodes as soon as they drop every day five days a week you know you need it and do us a huge favor too if you leave us a review and rate the show with a humongous five-star rating it would help us so much i'm super excited i know you're ready let's go ahead and get into it ohio state ryan day comments let's go Buckeyes head coach Ryan Day came to Ohio State because Clemson blasted them in 2016 Fiesta Bowl. Point blank. That's the reason why he is at Ohio State right now as the head coach. Urban Meyer called him up from the San Francisco 49ers. He's going to take a job somewhere else and was like, look, man, I'll even make you the head coach in waiting. Please help us fix this offense. Uh, They were very pedestrian in that game. JT Barrett couldn't complete a forward pass. You know, and it just looked really bad for Ohio State at that time. So he comes in. He's one of the best play callers in football. I'm not going to take that away from the guy. He talks a little too much, though. (laughs) But, you know, some of those issues that Ohio State had that year, uh, you know, was masked by the fact that they played teams that they were vastly overmatching in the Big Ten. Now, that's kind of pot calling kettle black. I know Clemson overmatches most teams in the ACC on most years. This is why they are the sixth straight ACC title champion. (laughs) But at the same time, a lot of people didn't really have a lot of money going on Clemson in this game. Clemson had already lost to Pittsburgh, and everybody was like, oh, this team isn't that good. You barely beat Louisville when they had Lamar Jackson. That team went on a skid, so now that's not a good win anymore. Uh, You guys just aren't that good, right? Well, Clemson goes in, and they blast Ohio State, (laughs) not unlike any other time that they've played Ohio State. But That's what really started the animus between Ryan Day, Ohio State fans, and Clemson. Uh, Dabo's had a lot to say about it, too. (laughs) Recently saying that, you know, Ohio State 
probably shouldn't be in the playoffs. There's other teams out there that deserve a chance to get in over Ohio State. Ohio State has only played six games. We'll get into that in a little bit too, but they've only played six games. We have a Cincinnati team who's won their conference. They've played 10 plus games. You have Texas A&M who's played nine games in the SEC, only lost to the number one team in the country. Maybe they get they should get a shot, right? Uh, all these other teams. He was, he was even talking about Coastal Carolina. Who knows? But uh, he's not the only coach that said something like that. People are making a big deal about it. Oh, Dabo Swinney said this. Dabo Swinney said that. Now, do I think that Dabo Swinney probably has a little bit of vitriol for that team? Probably. <laughs> but at the same time, they're overblowing the situation. Uh, recently, it came out. and Now, this is the buzz all over the Internet. I'm sure you've seen it. Dabo Sweeney ranked Ohio State uh, the 11th team in the country, uh, you know, in the coaches poll. This this really pissed a lot of people off, but he's not the only coach that did not have Ohio State, in the, even in the top five. Nick Saban, I think he had him in like six or something because they've only played six games. So let's walk back into that a little bit. Ohio State in the Big Ten was not going to play football this fall. Commissioner Kevin Warren was like, we're not playing. We've got the the leading experts and doctors and virologists and immunologists, everybody that you can think about. And they say we should not play. It's not safe. We will not play. Well, Trevor Lawrence comes in and brings his happy little butt and says, hey, we want to play. We're more safe playing college football than being at home with our family or going out in public and having no school or anything. Right. After that happened, SEC got on board. Um, Big 12 got on board. Sunbelt got on board. All these conferences started getting on board and they're like, hey, we're going to play football this this fall. And they did. They all said conference only. Uh, SEC went with 10 games. ACC went with 11 plus uh, a non-con. And then some of the other conferences played. We're going to play 10 or 11, too. So it ended up working out. But then the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were like, oh, no, we're still not going to do it. Once they started seeing all these other teams playing and, you know, really following protocol. They're like, hey, we, we'll, we'll do it because we don't want to lose money by not having our best team get a chance to get in the playoffs. So they start very, very late October. Uh, and then Ohio State does the Ohio State thing and goes undefeated. Now, they lose a couple of games to cancellations in the Big Ten. They lost the Illinois game, which they would have won by 40 points. It didn't matter. And then they also ended up losing the Michigan game to end out the season. That's going to put them under the threshold of what the Big Ten mandated to have to get into the conference championship. You had to play a certain amount of games to get into the conference championship. They didn't have as many games because they had three games canceled on them. But what does the Big Ten do? Because they see the playoffs looming. They change the rule. Now, I get it. Indiana lost head to head to Ohio State. But Indiana played more games than Ohio State did, so they qualified and Ohio State didn't. They bend the rules for Ohio State. Ohio State gets into the conference championship. You play a a Northwestern team that really came fired up, but they're not that good. We all know that Ohio State is 10 times better, even with all the players that were missing. We'll talk about that in a second, too. But they are 10 times better than Northwestern can ever field right now. So they win the game. It's a very ugly game, but a win's a win, right? And then they start talking off in the mouth of how they're going to beat everybody in the playoffs. They already knew they were going to get in the playoffs. And then the Ohio State Buckeyes get another break. So remember when I told you about COVID and the protocols and all the rules that they made? The Big Ten says 21 days for COVID protocol. This is how long a player has to sit. Graham Mertz and Wisconsin team didn't play for like three weeks, almost like a month, right? 
But Ohio State had 20-plus players out against Northwestern. Now, not all those guys were COVID, and you won't know which ones were and were not due to COVID. I don't blame them. No team should really release that information. But if you've got guys who recently tested positive and they cannot go against Northwestern, how are you going to play just a week later, a little over a week later, because I think we had 11 days, 11 or 12 days before the semifinals and have them ready to go. Well, you're going to move that date back. You're going to move 17 days instead of 20 days, 21 days. No three weeks there. You're still going to push it, but it is what it is. And plus, for all intents and purposes, uh, missing Chris Olave and the receiving core is not the reason why Justin Fields had a terrible game, 12 of 27, 44 completion percentage for 114 yards and zero touchdowns to two interceptions against Northwestern, who had their best player in the secondary leave with an injury in the first half. So I don't want to hear it. Yeah, you ran the ball great, but your offensive line is no better than Notre Dame's. Notre Dame still has probably one of the best offensive lines in the country. You're no better than them. Your running backs are no better than Notre Dame's running backs. Trey Sermon and Kyron Williams, same player. Uh, Master Teague and Chris Tyree, Sebo Flemister, it doesn't matter. So you really can't tell me that running the ball for 331 yards against Northwestern is going to impress me. Look, if you can't throw the ball against Clemson, I don't care who you have at running back. You can have Barry Sanders back there. You're not going to win the game because you can't be one-dimensional. I don't care who you are. You're not that good. So we'll see. We'll talk a little bit about that more. Let's talk about the games that's been played against Ohio State in the past. Uh, We know that Clemson is 4-0 against Ohio State, looking to make it 5-0. We'll talk about that more in the second segment. Before we get into that second segment, I got a question for you. What do you do when you need a moment to chill? These days, everything is go, 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 nonstop hustle all the time, work, friends, family, million pressing social issues, and expectation to be on 24-7. You know how it is, right? Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. Well, my friend, that's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport. Just a drink of beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack up an ice-cold Coors Light. Put your feet up, have fun with it, right? It's mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. Coors Light is cold lager, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. Uh, The perfect time to crack one open is during halftime when you're stressed out. You need to get your game plan together. You're checking Twitter to try to figure out what's going on here. Just chill crack up an ice cold Coors Light. It's going to chill you out. It's going to taste great, and it's going to feel good going down, too. So when you need that moment to reset That's when you reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And as always, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Also, let me tell you about my friends over at betonline.ag. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there's some big matchups this weekend. I can't wait to see North Carolina play Texas A&M soon. That's going to be awesome. The NFL regular season is finishing up with a playoff pitcher becoming even clearer. I know my Titans will be there, so that's awesome. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
We've got some big games coming up this weekend, and betting on the Clemson Tigers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. start this segment off with a little bit of a pop quiz how many times has clemson played ohio state over the history of the game you got it that's correct you're right four times uh started in 1978 now here's another question for you it's a little bit of a trick question how many times has clemson lost to ohio state come on i know you know it oh yeah that's right never Zero goose eggs. Undefeated. Never lost. They got skunked. They have not beaten Clemson in history of the game. They've played four times, lost all four times. And I think it's just a testament of Clemson being the better coach team every single time that they play. Now, that is also despite not always being the better team when they play. I think there's three games that Ohio State's played Clemson where they were not the better team. And the 2016 was by far a blowout. We know this. We already talked about this in the first segment. I feel like the other years, Clemson was not the better team and found a way to get it done. 1978, Woody Hayes, the infamous punch of Charlie Bowman. They were not necessarily the better team. I think the teams were more even back in that day. Uh, but then in 2013, remember, this was the first time that Clemson was going to play another Blue Blood. You just got done beating uh, LSU in the Chick-fil-A fourth and 16 game. Uh, but people were thinking, oh, this is just kind of a fluke. You won in a field goal. It's not even that important, right? But now you're playing the vaunted Ohio State team that has Braxton Miller. They had a loss. So that's why they're in the Orange Bowl. It is tough for them, but they're still a vastly better team. We're talking about a blue blood right now, a team that's looked at as one of the perennial powerhouses when you talk about college football. Now Clemson's slowly starting to creep in that, but they were not looked at as a team that can definitely go in and win that game. And Clemson was pretty good that year. This is year two of Chad Morris's offense. Uh, Taj Boyd slinging the ball all around the field. Of course, that was kind of a disappointing season, too, because you got blown out by Florida State when you had a Heisman Trophy guy in Taj Boyd. But I digress. Clemson was not necessarily the better team in that one. You had Braxton Miller playing quarterback. Golly, they had all those guys on the roster. Cardell Jones was there, right? And then the next year, they went on to win a national championship. That tells you what kind of team that was in 2013. 2019, the last year's game, again, I, I don't think that Clemson was the better team. I think Clemson was the better coached team. We saw that as Clemson was able to stay mentally focused throughout the entire game. But Ohio State was definitely the better team. They might have been the best team in the college football playoffs. And I know LSU won, went on and won it, but maybe they have a little bit better game against LSU. They were matched up a little bit better with LSU than they were with us. They had Chase Young on that line. They had Jeffrey Okuda. Sean Way was a part of that too. Uh, and this team in 2020 is really good too. Don't get me wrong. I think before the season, everyone was saying that Ohio State and Clemson were going to play for the national championship. People were not sold on Alabama yet because you're going to be replacing Tua Tungavailoa. It just we were scared of that, right? And and you lost rugs and you lost Judy to the NFL. What are they gonna do with this Mac Jones at quarterback? It doesn't matter. Now he's one of the top three Heisman guys. So this team's really good, but you're missing a lot of critical pieces. I think this linebacker core is really good. I like Werner. Browning's really good. I don't know if he's gonna be able to play in this game. Uh, that's one of the 22 players that were out for them uh this past game against North Northwestern. We'll see what happens with that, but 
The D-line's also really good, too. I like Togi Ally. He's a big force in the middle. Uh, Tyreek is monster, too. But it's really hard to replace guys like Chase Young and the Boses over the years. I mean, you, you really don't replace those guys. You, you just hope that you could ever get another player that good. Uh, those guys are transcendent players at the position. And we see why they're all, you know, top three picks in the NFL. So it didn't matter. We didn't. We haven't seen enough sample size of this Ohio State team yet to be able to compare them to any of the other teams in the future, which is why I'm saying I think Clemson actually has the advantage in this game because we've seen enough of this Clemson team and we know what they are uh, capable of and we know how they are coached and we have two of the best coordinators in the game, Tony Elliott on the offensive side and Brent Venables, in my opinion, still the best defensive coordinator in college football. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a little bit of a chess match. I'm not saying that Clemson is going to blow this Ohio State team out, but I feel like they're going to do something very similar to what happened to Notre Dame in this game. If, if you're relying on the run game like you did against Northwestern, you can't throw the ball whatsoever. And I know that could be an anomaly for Justin Fields, but he's already thrown more interceptions this season and just a few games than he did in the entire year last year. Remember, he's only played six games this year. I feel like Clemson's defense matches up pretty well with Ohio State. Remember, Ohio State's claim to fame in this game against Northwestern was 331-yard rushing performance of Trey Sermon. Uh, transfer from Oklahoma running back. Really solid player. Fine running back. Master T's a really good running back, too, and Justin Fields is also sneaky with his legs. Justin Fields is equal to or less than Ian Book in and out of the pocket. I think everybody kind of overrates Justin Fields a little bit when it comes to running around. He's not a running around quarterback. He's not going to do that all the time. He wants to throw the ball. And he's good at it, right? So I think people really, really talk about that. And then also, I don't necessarily think that uh, Notre Dame's running backs, Kyron Williams, who is the leader of that running back room, he's a monster. Those guys, to me, are just as good as Trey Sermon and Master Teague. I, I, I would rather put that, I would go on record to say, I think there is no difference between Kyron Williams and Trey Sermon. And then also... Let's talk about the comparison of Ohio State's offensive line to Notre Dame's. Again, Notre Dame's actually probably has more talent on that offensive line and more veteran talent than Ohio State. Now, Ohio State has a lot of really good players. Bayer Mumford is really good. They're going to have some really good players come out of the draft in their offensive line in the future. But I wouldn't say that they're any better than Notre Dame. Remember, Notre Dame has an elite offensive line. We saw what happens when your team gets one-dimensional. Clemson's able to capitalize on that, and Clemson matches up pretty well with the receivers uh, at Ohio State. Uh, the tight ends are the things that I'm kind of worried about a little bit. Those guys are um, really good. They remind me of Notre Dame. This team reminds me of Notre Dame, just with less games. And I'm not saying that to disparage Ohio State. I just feel like we haven't seen enough of that team to know that they can go in and do the things that Ohio State normally does and do the thing that Ryan Day thinks that they're going to do to Clemson or Alabama or Notre Dame. It, I just don't know that they can do that this year. Um, I see this game <laughs> being pretty comfortable lead for Clemson. I'm not saying they're going to beat them by 21, 28, whatever, 31 nothing like they did before. Although that's always a possibility. This is trending the same way. Again, that team couldn't throw a pass. They were inefficient that year. Before we get into that, though, we're going to talk a little bit more about those things later in the week. Uh, we're going to talk about Clemson men's basketball. They got back in the dub column. We're super excited about that. They got the confidence back, the swagger back. We'll talk about that more in the third and final segment of Locked On Clemson. Let me tell you about my friends over at BuiltGo. BuiltGo makes you the best you at whatever you do. It's going to help you break through that wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, 
Break through it with Go every day. It comes in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Uh, you can put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine, or you heck, you can just put it in your pocket to get through the day. We're all sluggish these days. Bilgo is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. That's a pretty good deal to me. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Delicious. Seriously. So you're probably asking me, how does Bilgo work so well? Bilgo combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast-absorbing protein, so it gets into your system fast, and it's really easy on the stomach. You're not going to feel weird all day or be stuck on the toilet. Bilgo is loaded with the good stuff to ignite my work. Beta-alanine, B3, honey, kick of caffeine, all the good stuff, right? And collagen. I go back to collagen again. It promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So the benefit is this stuff literally makes you look better as well as feel better. So (laughs) you want this. And I'm telling you now. If you visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, you'll receive 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Every Tuesday night at Locked on NFL, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson break down the Monday night football action and top fantasy storylines around the NFL with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a Locked On Fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wire pickups, must starts, and more. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. We're all in here at Locked On Clemson. Thanks for sticking with us. Final segment coming up. We're going to be talking briefly about Clemson men's basketball. They got another win for the win column. Six and one in the season now. Still 0-1 in ACC play. We'll talk about that a little bit, though, but... They won the game yesterday against Moorhead State and Little John 66-51 in a game that was pretty much a snoozer. I mean, they had it easy all night. Uh, The defense really showed up in this game, and we'll talk about that for sure. This game was really good for the Tigers because it reinstilled confidence in this team. I think they thought that uh, they played poorly against Virginia Tech, and that was very obvious. They shot well uh, in this game. They shot terrible against Virginia Tech. Uh, and the name of the game for this one was defense. The defense showed up. We know that Brad Brownell's defenses are always going to be really good. 21 turnovers in the first half forced by Clemson. Uh, that's insane. They were able to capitalize off those mistakes as well. 21 points uh, off of those turnovers. I think the last six minutes and 46 seconds before halftime, Moorhead State couldn't score at all. They really defended the Moorhead State post players uh, really well. Uh, the big bodies for Clemson was just too much for Moorhead State. Uh, super excited about that. They were in lockdown mode, and this is what you want to see, especially going, again, after Christmas break. You're going to go back to ACC play, so you're going to need to get this back going. Pretty good individual performances, too. Um, Dawes and Honor had really good games. Both were just dropping threes, four or five from deep. Uh, I think Honor had 14 points. Dawes had 12. These guys were really balling out. Um, we had some good bench play, too, for the Tigers. 34 points from the second string, including nine points from just sophomore Alex Hemingway. So, uh, again, this this was a team effort in this game. Uh, super excited about that. To be honest, I had never even heard of Moorhead State, but they're 2-0 lifetime against Moorhead State, so that's awesome, too. Uh, Amir Sims was really the stalwart in this game, though. Registered his sixth double-double of his career, 12 points, 10 rebounds, uh, and the first one of this season. I imagine he's going to have many more of those going forward. He's that player that's going to settle down Clemson. It started a little bit slow for him against Virginia Tech, although his numbers ended up being pretty well. Uh, He just didn't get good looks. He just didn't uh, really wasn't present defensively 
against Virginia Tech early on. But later on, as the game went on, he really turned it on. And this is kind of like the extension of that. So we're excited to see him playing as well as he is now because uh, you, you're going to need it. you got Florida State coming up uh, on December 29th. That's a pretty big deal. <laughs> now you're playing him in Little John, and that's going to help. Uh, before State's going to come in, and they're going to be ready to go. Um, again, they they did really well with the post players for Moorhead State. Uh, they were killing them on the rebounds. Uh, we, we we were really, really good with turnovers. Like I said, the defense just lights out. Um, now, Moorhead State – on the defensive side of the ball, they were pretty good too. They, you know, obviously they run that zone. Uh, they were moving around. They were actually pretty good with it. But I think Clemson is used to seeing zone. They practiced against it. It is what it is. But the reason why Clemson won this game, two reasons defense and killing the three pointers. Nick Honor, oh my gosh, this guy is just a monster three point shooter. He's not even the best three point shooter on the team, but uh, it's really good to see that happen too. And, and then Dawes is out there just lighting it up too. Uh, these guys are just killing it. And, and we're really happy to see Clemson's offense be back on track. Like I said, Virginia Tech, uh, terrible. I think they shot 38 from the field, just not very good. So it's really good to see this too. I think the reason why this game was won because Clemson's size, obviously Moorhead State's a smaller school. They're not going to have the same kind of size difference. I mean, just look at Jonathan Bear, uh, how big he was compared to some of their guys. It just it wasn't even a, a fair matchup. And then P.J. Hall had a really good game too. Clyde Trapp was out there playing well too. He ran the court well tonight. Looked like he had a lot of juice and energy. So we want to continue this on. Again, Florida State's going to come in and they're going to be excited expecting to beat Clemson and that's going to be a tall task but I, I think this Tigers team if they play defense the way they did tonight and they're able to be a little bit more efficient shooting I think they can actually beat Florida State you are playing that game in Little John so that's going to matter of course there's not anybody in Little John when they're playing but it makes a big difference to play at home uh, you're ready for this team and, and you can get this good break and hopefully those guys don't come back sluggish after Christmas break and with that said, we've come to the end of today's show. Thanks for sticking with us and listening us all the way through. I want to hear what you guys think about Ohio State. Tweet at me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Ellis Tolbert, E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T. I'm serious. I want to know your full thoughts about Ohio State. Uh, I really, I might use these in the show coming up this week or in the playoffs. Uh, we're going to talk about that for sure. And please do us a huge favor and subscribe to Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That way you can get all of the episodes as soon as they drop five days a week. You do not want to miss them. We're going to keep you up to date with all things Clemson. If you'll do us another huge favor, too, make sure you review the show. Leave us some really good reviews and rate it a huge five-star ratings. I'll see you guys tomorrow. And as always, go Tigers. Go Tigers.